Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 321, recorded live on Sunday, August 18th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who's going to get called out, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who's going to call him out, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh, come on. What did I do this time? Well, I was going to say that the Friday evening call that you were going, yeah, I can't record on Saturday. Well, because you keep on me about recording on Saturday, so that's what stuck in my head. I was being nice. True. I was being proactive. Very true, even though I had on my calendar that I was going to be on the other side of the state. Which, I, okay, so you do have a point there that it wasn't, I probably should have let you know. I thought I did, but anyway. <laughs> Okay, so I'll, I'll give you on that one, but what about today? Today was rapid change of plans because parents decided to come to Madison. So okay. breakfast took a lot longer than I thought it would. As I was going to say, by this point, it's brunch. Brunch took a lot longer than I thought it would. Did you at least have something tasty? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> what? I had a, a Wisconsin omelet, which was... Like four kinds of cheeses, including cream cheese, and I didn't see that the cream cheese was there. Cream cheese in an omelet? Yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't really that good either. Dave can't have a Danish. <laughs> <laughs> God, cream cheese in. That's. Oh. There's the, I think it's even just like an issue with the texture. So it'd almost be like something slimy in your omelet. And it just, yeah, it, it, just, it did not work. No. I actually had an omelet one time that had corned beef in it. Yeah. No, sorry, corned beef hash. Okay. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with putting corned beef. No, in. no, there's nothing wrong with putting corned oh. beef in there, but corned beef hash, that's... Corned beef hash might be a little weird. Yeah. Corned beef, however, in an omelet is delicious. Well, I'm just saying corned beef in general is delicious. I had a half a pound of corned beef yesterday. Whenever I go to Milwaukee, there is a deli that you you go up to the counter and you order the corned beef and they pull it out of the liquid. Like they pull it out of the water and they slice it and then they put it back in. So it's hot and delicious and moist because it's been soaking for hours. That's honestly one of the things I have to say. If I ever go to New York, I know it's going to take a while, and I know it's probably going to be expensive, mm-hmm. but I want to get a Reuben at the Carnegie Deli. Yep. Because I just have a feeling that it's going to be out of this world. Hopefully it, it's going it to be. be. If, if it's not... I mean, you're probably better off finding like a little corner store or something, but I don't know. That is true. It's actually the the hole in the wall Chinese place that we found the last time we went to New York. That was that was the best Chinese food, right? Yeah. That's a, pro tip. If you're in New York City, ask a cop who's on a footbeat where the best place to eat is. <laughs> Assuming the cop has the time. Well, if the cop's on a on a on a walking beat of the neighborhood and he's not busy. Well, okay, yes. If he's not busy, if, right. yeah, don't ask him. You know, if he's in the middle of like some sort of Taking murder investigation, or, or, or yeah, like in a chase, like, hey, where's a good place to eat? <laughs> Another pro tip would also be thanking him for his service, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yep, wouldn't hurt to butter him up a little bit before you ask him where the best place to uh, eat bread and butter is. There, there was an attempt at a joke in there. Yeah, it didn't work. No My apologies. Good. <laughs> And he's just not allowed to joke, I think. that's. Oh, come on. Some of my stuff is funny. Some Yes. Every so often you, you do a very good job. I'm like riff tracks. I just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. 
How was Rift Tracks? Yeah, uh, in case people didn't realize, Rift Tracks was actually last week. It was their uh, Kickstarter Rift Tracks, where they actually had put it on Kickstarter to do it. But they did Starship Troopers, which was as bad as I remembered. It's, yeah, not a great... Again, we, we, we discussed this in the, uh, the book club, and if you're interested, uh, there's a recording of that. You can actually listen into the book club discussion on Starship Troopers, which includes a discussion about the movie and that the movie itself isn't awful. I mean, it, for, for like a cheap summer action flick, it's a pretty good movie. But it's not... It's not the book. No. It's very much not the book. But I mean, does that does that still work? That for a, a cheap summer action flick? No, yeah, that's it's one of those movies where I would shut off my brain because the rest of the time it'd be like it wouldn't make any sense. But yeah, the the riff tracks was riff tracks. It's some of the jokes are funny, some of them weren't. I can't really think of any memorable memorable jokes. So I did see the the preview of the riff tracks for the Dragon Ball Z movie. Oh God. Uh, and what they did is they actually contracted that one out. It's not the Rift Track guys who did that one. It's the guys from Team Four Star who did Dragon Ball Z Abridged. So they're intimately familiar with the Dragon Ball storyline in the Dragon Ball universe. And they tore it apart. It was the funniest thing. It was really, really good. I'm tempted to go rent this terrible, terrible movie just so I can listen to the Rift Track. <laughs> Which I think would be probably good for you, because you're also intimate. I, I understand the universe and the jokes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But for me, who is a person who does not understand most of the inside jokes, probably wouldn't be as funny. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's most of, of not only humor, but just appreciation is, is understanding the references. Which, speaking of the book club book, have you uh, started reading this month? No. Nope. Oh. I don't know if I actually will be reading this month. <gasps> I'd been planning on being in PAX during the book club meeting. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That, that's not happening. So, yeah. I don't even remember what it is for this month. Uh, he, she, and it. He, she, and it. Okay. Which, um, I can't find an audiobook. It is on Amazon. It's on the Kindle. Laura just handed me a copy of it. She got it from the library. So anyway, <laughs> well, I was just saying in that book, there is a lot of the shorthand language that is created by the characters, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out what a glomp is and what a tech is and all these other things. A glomp? Yeah. G-L-O-P. Oh, glop. Okay. Because I know what a glomp is. That's, that's like glomping onto someone. No, but G-L-O-P. And there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff there. Oh, oh, oh that, that does remind me a, a semi-newsworthy item. Uh, we, we can start transitioning and we can use this to transition. Uh, if you go Google and do define literally. Okay, I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to define literally. Okay. Read the two definitions. In a literal manner or sense, exactly. Okay. The driver took it literally when asked to go straight over the traffic circle. That makes sense. Number two, used to acknowledge that something is not literally true, but used for emphasis or to express strong feeling. Wait, we're literally using the incorrect usage of literally as a definition for literally? Yep. Well, it's actually using the correct definition of literally for an incorrect definition of literally. But this is how language evolves. And this is not just on Google, but uh, Merriam-Webster. Literally. I'm, just, I'm amused. Literally. I'm amused that they, they do use a circular definition, though. 
literally is used to acknowledge that something is not literally. Now I've got all the scenes where somebody uses the term literally around Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, and then he goes, literally, literally a million years. You can say, like, well, yes, now, according to the Merriam-Webster English Dictionary, yes, literally. It's, oh. Well, but that, this, it's kind of like the fact that Nimrod didn't used to mean being an idiot. Wasn't that a character in the Bible? Uh, I think it was a Greek warrior. Nimrod? No, you're right. It was in the Bible. Okay. He, like, killed a lion or something? It's the great-grandson of Noah. A mighty hunter. Yeah. Okay. Which now just means that he's become an idiot because of Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. That's right. Language does evolve. Yep. Geek, nerd. Right, wasn't Geek a, a chicken eater? Yes. At a carnival? Yes, sideshow freak. Yeah. So, speaking of evolutions. Uh oh. And Dragon Ball th- evolutions? What? Dragon Ball evolutions? No. Oh. Not speaking of that. No, I'm not going anywhere near Dragon Balls. <laughs> so, are you here for the Dragon Balls? Dragon what? <laughs> Yeah, Dragon Balls, there's seven of them. What? <laughs> I think you'd, you'd actually still enjoy the Dragon Ball Z abridged, even if you haven't seen the actual show. I, uh, no, we watched it over at Brendan's. Brian's. No, Brendan's. Brendan's? Yes. That was okay. a Dragon Ball Z abridged thing. Yeah it, after- yeah, it was after you guys left the party. Ah, okay. Anyway, talking about evolutions. Uh, there's probably going to be another iPhone coming out. Yes, the plastic shelled color coded thing. We think. We think. And Steve Jobs screams again. Steve Jobs is literally rolling over in his grave. Oh, don't do that. Just because it's the accepted English definition now doesn't mean we have to overuse it. Oh, you don't know me. Literally, we're going to have to do this, aren't we? <laughs> no, I'll stop. Okay. Because we've already got a title for the episode. <laughs> Fun fact, RA Podcast listeners, we don't actually come up with the titles until well after we're done recording. Which is why you never hear me speak the title in the intro. Literally. Yeah, that's literally the reason why. Yep. So anyway, new iPhone. This one is... So what are they going to call this one? Is this the 6? Is this the 5C? I think that's what they're going for right now is supposedly it's supposed to be the 5C. Oh, God, I was making that up. No, that's, I think that's supposedly what it's supposed to be. Oh, why? Oh, Tim Cook, what are you doing? Does Tim Cook know what he's doing? Um, my he guess... pretending to know what he's doing? My guess is uh, the fact that he's been starting to get pressure from the... Uh, board members at apple to kind to of turn the company around well to basically increase their uh innovations increase the turnaround time between products decrease you're right decrease the turnaround time yes that is. increase innovative effect decrease turnaround times <laughs> be the opposite of valve <laughs> okay harsh but okay so what besides plastic shell-colored cases are they doing for this iPhone? Well, it's going to have the new iOS 7. Okay. That's what they think. Um, one, it's going to be cheaper. Because, so, you know, like they would come out with the new iPhones, and then they would cut the price on the previous generation by 100 to $200. Mm-hmm. 
so that if people wanted basically a quote unquote cheap iPhone, they would just they buy could just buy the previous gen. Yeah. But now, supposedly, because it's a plastic case, they want to make a cheaper version of the brand new iPhone. Which is, again, why I, I think Steve Jobs would be like screaming and, and going on a rampage, because the iPhone was never meant for the average consumer. But Apple is really trying to get the average consumer. Yeah, well, they've got a lot of competition there. Yeah, I mean, hello, Android. Hi, All of yeah. them. Right. So I okay. So they want to try and and compete with that. Good luck. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I have a feeling it'll be far too successful. Yeah, because I mean, the iPhone itself, when it first comes out, is media hoopla. Everybody's all talking about the brand new iPhone. There's lines around the corner. Although that could hit them in the ass this time, right? If if they produce a cheaper version of it. And if there's issues. And well, not even if there's issues. Just if the media comes in and says like. It's not as good. It's less powerful. You know, where's that that new spark? Where's the new innovations? Yeah, if they try to cram all the stuff from iOS seven into a basically tuned down iPhone, and it starts to get sluggish, that's mm-hmm. the reviews are going to just be jumping all over this. It's, they'll they'll hammer it. Yeah, they'll say it's clunky. They'll say it feels slow. It's right. It's not as smooth. It's not as as sleek. Because an allegation would be just having an iPhone be along the same lines as having like a brand new Ferrari or Maserati or something. Something that's sleek, something that's fast, something mm-hmm. that's basically handmade, something that's that it's it's smooth. Well, all iPhones are handmade by little children in China. Not little children in China. Just oh, just slave labor in China. Yes. Okay. Except Apple's not using Foxconn anymore, right? No, Isn't I thought they were I still using Foxconn. I thought they had a new manufacturer. No, I don't believe so. Okay. Oh, hey, do you have the fact that uh, certain Samsung chips are now not allowed to be shipped into the U.S.? Is that one of our topics? No, it's not. Because Apple just like took a, a huge jump on the market because of that. I thought that Apple took a huge jump in the market because that one guy tweeted saying that he was going to buy a bunch of Apple stock. Oh, that might also be why. God damn market. Literally, a guy can just tweet that he's saying, hey, I'm going to buy a bunch of Apple stock, and then Apple stock goes through the roof. Can I start doing tweets like that? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Damn. Andy, we need to take RA Podcast public. Like Zynga did? Hey, they made a lot of money. Oh, there's something. Zynga. Is this a topic, Andy? Yes. I, I I, I yes, I have Zynga as a okay. topic. Good. Then let's talk about Zynga. How the fact that they dropped pull up the topic list so that I, I can talk to talk about You mean about you should actually stuff. pay attention to what we're doing? Maybe. Possibly. So, um, three more people with a title that starts with the letter C have left. Basically, the CXO level is, yes. is how it's referred to. Oh, the CXO or the CE. No, yeah. oh, no, yes. Yeah, either C level. Yeah, CXO makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so it's, it's either C level or CXO. Okay, so C, I'll go with C level because that sounds better. Okay, C level, right? Chief so, level, chief executive, yeah, the chief, chief information, chief whatever. So the three more senior executives on the C-level have left Zenga. The chief technology officer. CTO. The the chief operating officer. COO. And the chief people officer. Sounds like it's from George Orwell. (laughs) The chief people (laughs) operator. 
Oh, geez. Is, is that just like the head of, of HR? Is the chief people officer? I don't know. I've never heard of the chief people officer before. I've never heard of that. Ah, okay. So yeah, it is the chief human resources officer. God, the chief people officer. Again, it, it does that not sound Orwellian? Like straight out of 1984? Yes, yes, it does. What are you? Oh, I'm just the chief people officer. The what? <laughs> <sighs> They have three more execs have now left, which I don't even know who the hell is even left there from the company when it first started. A couple programmers, maybe. Okay, so the uh, chief operating officer was there for three years. The chief people officer was there for four. And the chief technical technology officer was there for five years. So they just lost 12 years of experience. Yes. From Don Matrick. So how quickly do you think the Titanic is going to sink? You know... Let, all jokes aside, if in some hypothetical world I had been made CEO of Zynga. You'd probably want a clear house? I'd probably want a clear house. I'd probably say, like, look, you, you guys have, have done a fantastic job, except you haven't. Uh, you've been very committed. Thank you very much. But this company is clearly going in the wrong direction. We're going to need to make a lot of changes. And so you have one of two options. You can... Stay with me, take risks, and work this out, and you will follow my orders and you will follow my directions. Or you can take your severance package now and get out. Which, you know, if you're a C-level person at Zynga, you probably could get a job somewhere else. Right. And their severance packages are probably measured in the millions of dollars. Oh, oh, probably. So C-level, it's right. that's they're standard. Not I, I don't think this was like calling them into his office and saying, hey, guess what, you're fired. I think it was, you have two choices, work with me or get out now, because we are going to make some big changes. So who knows? I mean, Don Matrick might, he's taking the right moves. From my perspective, from what I can see and what I know, he is taking the right moves. Whether or not he'll actually still be able to turn this around, whether or not he'll do good things with the company, that remains to be seen. But it's not like he went to the programmers or the QA or you know, the grunts and said, okay, half of you are out. No, he's actually starting at the top where you need to start if you want to make these changes. Yeah, didn't Cisco actually just cut a bunch of people recently? No clue. I know this is not one of our topics, but yeah, uh, Cisco cut 4,000 jobs on Wednesday. Ouch. 4,000? 4,000 jobs, even though they had an 18% profit. Please tell me that was across a broad geographical area. Because if that's all in one city, 4,000 jobs, that's rough. Uh, Chambers says the company is eliminating 5% of its workforce to speed up the company's response rate to customers' demands and changing technology. How is eliminating its workforce able to speed up the company's response? Uh, You streamline it. Hmm. So what other topics do we got here? What other updates can we hit? Oh, there's an update to the NCAA football fiasco. Yes. Can I, can I do this one? Can oh, I feel free. One? Please. Okay, oh, so go ahead. first off, we, we, as, as a recap, um, the lawsuit is going forward. Yes. Right? The NCAA and EA are on the line now because a, a former college player is suing them, saying, hey, you used my likeness without permission. Now, this is not a class action suit yet, correct? I do not believe so. But it could certainly open the way to one. Oh, yeah. And if EA and the NCAA settle out of court, 
they're screwed because every college player could then request a cut. Yes. In fact, it would, it would almost be to their benefit not to do it as a class action. Oh, just try and do an individual... Do thousands and thousands of individual suits. Yeah, but how much lawyer fees are you going to have to pay then? Well, but like that's the, that's the thing, right? With a class action, the idea is that you get together with a group of people so that you only have to pay the lawyers once, and then you've got pooled money so that you can take on these giant companies. But EA and the NCAA are in such a weak position here that you could make the deal with the lawyers and say, like, as part of the, the court case, they will pay the legal fee. Like, this is almost a sure thing. But we're not talking about the current lawsuit. Right. I'm saying, like, future lawsuits from other players. Yes. But that is not what the big story is this week. Oh, no. No, that is not what the big story is this week. The big story this week is that... Uh, going back even further, when the NCAA said, hey, we're not satisfied with the contract that EA is providing us, we are not going to renew for next contract cycle, which means that EA can't call this NCAA 2015. And EA said, fine, we didn't want you anyway. We won't call it NCAA 2015, we'll just call it like college football 2015. And we'll still go and talk to all of the individual schools and get their contracts. Well, turns out a lot of those individual schools didn't want the contract. Well, to, actually, it was the conferences that said they didn't yeah. want the contract. The individual, uh, each school still has an individual decision whether, regarding whether or not to license their trademark for the game, but the conference trademarks are not going to be allowed. So in the game, you cannot have, well, specifically right now, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 have said that they are not going to license their trademarks. So you cannot have an SEC championship game. You cannot have a Big Ten championship game. And, well, you tell me, Andy, do you think the schools in the Big Ten are going to go against the Big Ten and say, oh, no, you can, you can still use us? Probably not. I have a feeling that this is the, the nails in the coffin of the NCAA games. Especially since if you don't include the SEC teams, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, I, uh, well, first off, the SEC teams, I think six out of the last seven years have won the uh, BCS championship. So you're taking out a lot of the major hitters there. Like currently I looked at the preseason polls for next year and the first team that is not part of the SEC, the Big Ten or the Pac-12 is ranked number eight. And then there's a there's a couple more in there. But yeah, the the top seven teams in the the nation. What? And the ninth and tenth. Oh, and the ninth and tenth? I'm pretty sure. I did. I just started going down the list trying to find Until when the first found, one wasn't yeah. in the SEC, the Big Ten, yeah. or the it, Pac-12. Yeah. Most of the top 25 are in those three. Yeah. <laughs> so, good news is I can still play as Eastern. <laughs> the the MAC says, yeah? Or they well, just the, M- the MAC hasn't officially said no yet. So okay. <laughs> currently, as a state, I could probably still play as Eastern. <laughs> And I can't play as U of M. No, no, you can't play as U of M. This is, yeah, not not so good for EA. I feel kind of bad. No, I don't feel bad for EA. Voted worst company in America how many years in a row? Too many. Yeah, this is not going to go well for them. So what do you think is going to happen, Andy? Keep in mind, this is this is not for 2014. No, Those so next year's game the- is still good. Mm-hmm. 
next year's game might be the last game. Granted, I still haven't. I think the last NCAA football game I have is maybe 10. I think you have NCAA 12. I might have 12. I don't know. Let me check my pile. You're right. I have 12. Okay. I should play that. I haven't turned on my Xbox in I don't know how long. I turned mine on for Netflix. (laughs) Does that count? It doesn't count anymore because now I have my Chromecast. Which you can stream Netflix through? I can stream Netflix directly to the Chromecast. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, speaking of the Xbox... Yes? uh, There are two things. First one is... No, no, wait, wait, wait. You can't just jump to speaking to the Xbox. I asked you a question. Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to notice. Ha ha ha. Dave, start paying attention. (laughs) And I tried to sneak one by and it didn't work. Nope. So So, your question is, what do I think is going to happen? I'd like to hear your your thoughts on this issue. I want to know what you think is going to happen to this. That's, I mean, Andy, people can can go out and read these articles themselves. The only reason to listen to us is because you and I actually have insightful ideas. At least I like to think that they're insightful ideas as to what the, the result of this is. What's your interpretation of it? My interpretation is that the NCAA football game itself is going to disappear after next year. Because there's, okay. there's no way you can have half of like the top 25 to disappear out of your game. What, yeah. what are you, you going to call Ohio State University? The <laughs> That school south of Michigan. <laughs> no, they're, they're, yeah, there's an Ohio University, so you can't call them that. You can't call it. I don't know what you could call them. You, you really couldn't call them anything. No, no, you couldn't. So it's it, you can't have a college football game with half the teams missing. It just wouldn't work. Yep. Okay, so that's that's what I wanted to hear was... You are you believe that it's going to just kind of disappear, that EA will say, okay, that sucks, it was a good run, ran for like 15 years, and now it's done. Yeah. The closest thing I think you could do is just throw out all the universities, make it online only. And generic. And generic. Oh, man. Because that's, that's what you do oh, it during, during the... Um, I, the, what, what's, I, what's it called? The, the Dynasty. The Dynasty mode, yes. I Just make it an online Dynasty that. game where everybody creates their own college team. Especially if you put in like a, a good system for, for managing recruitment. Yeah. Basically, you make fantasy football for college. Yeah. Oh, God, Andy, the, the possibilities that that one idea opens up, because you could do like player-created stadiums. Oh, yeah. You could actually have user-submitted content. Think of all the DLC you could do. Oh my god. Where you wouldn't, you, you, well, okay, so you could either pay out of your own pocket to earn things for your university, like stadium improvements, or you could actually, like, you know, play in the game, and once you unlock certain things, maybe you get booster donations that actually could help you build stadium improvements ahead of time. Andy, <laughs> I think we're on to something. You you might want to write a letter to EA and say, like, I can get you out of this. <laughs> I have a solution. It will cost you so much money. Because, yeah, if you just start doing an online... God, if you think about this, remember I... Uh, was it in 12 or was it in 10 where they started doing, like, the, the Coke weekly things? Where if you actually played along with the football season, there was, uh, like, things going on with the Dynasty season there as well. I, it was I something weird. One. No, I missed that one. 
But you could set it up ahead of time to actually like be almost real time, but have it virtually follow the actual season. Okay. I don't know. I didn't do that. Neither did I, because you know I never buy these things ahead of time. Right. Man, that. Would you pay for that? It depends on if. Would you pay? Let me let me do it this way. Would you pay a subscription if they gave it away for free? Would you pay between five and ten dollars a month to continue to play college football just for the length of the season? It's it's honestly like you would combine esports and fantasy football together. Would you pay five to ten bucks a month? I I don't know. I have to. It, it honestly would depend on how well it plays. If you just take the NCAA football engine, throw out everything that's got a license attached to it. So that's. That's five months, right, is the season from September through January. Yes. $10 a month, it's $50. You'd have you, – you could even do it differently. You could do like a dollar a month per league that you're in. So you could have multiple teams. You can play all the scrimmage games, all the practice games you want. But to actually unlock the content, you, actually, you have to play like the real scheduled game. If you don't show up, then your team plays by with the computer, and it, it just runs the stats simulation like it normally does. I think we have a good idea here. We Okay, we might need to take this conversation offline. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably actually start talking about other things as well. All right, okay. $200 buys you a lot of stuff. Yes. Like groceries for a couple weeks. I think $200 could get us groceries for a month, right? Well, a month is a couple weeks. Well, I when you say a couple weeks, I think like two. Yes, I know a couple could be three, but then when you start hitting four, then then you could just automatically go to a month. A couple can be okay, fine. So like a month, months worth of groceries. It's about. I mean, it depends on on what sort of food you're purchasing. True. I'm just saying for the two of us. Yeah. So two hundred dollars. It's pricey. It's unfortunate. What is gluten free? Yeah, I could see that. How much does a, a giant bag of Oreos cost? Why are you buying Oreos? I'm not. I'm asking you, how much does a giant bag of Oreos cost? I haven't bought Oreos in a while, so I have no idea their price. Okay, well then never mind. I just got to do a comparison. But $200 could also probably buy you your own PS3. Your very own? I... Damn it. You know, I the the last three years of the PlayStation Three and the play, and the Xbox uh, Three Hundred and Sixty, I've been saying, "Oh no, no, I'm just gonna. It's not worth it at this point. I'm just gonna wait for the next cycle and the next consoles." But really, at this point, it's stupid to buy a console at launch, right? It's always buggy. There's always these unintended errors. You remember the E74? Yes. And the Red Ring and the giant PlayStation error that knocked the console off for like three days? Mm-hmm. It, it's not worth it. And how long does it take before the games that they promise are really up to speed? It, Andy, it takes focus, a while. Focus. Sorry, I'm actually trying to see what the current prices are for a PS3 for right a, now. PS3 is like 300 bucks. No, I, I don't think it's that expensive. I think it's less than that. See, video game console on Amazon. Hold on. PlayStation 3. $335 for a 160 gigabyte PlayStation 3 Slim. 260 for the 250 gigabyte Slim. 340 for the 320 gigabyte. Okay, so these are slightly more expensive than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, they're still... Co- I mean, the console was $600 at launch. And currently, right now, you could get it for 270 is probably the cheapest, right? 
Yes. There's an Uncharted 3 bundle for 270 Or, if rumors are to be believed, there is going to be a $200 PS3 version coming out. Now, this version is actually already out in Japan. Yeah, well, Europe and Hong Kong. Okay, Europe and Hong Kong. And they, they said, no, we're not planning on releasing it to the U.S. Which is kind of interesting because there have been sightings of these boxes in the wild in Canada and the United States. But were they just imported from Hong Kong? I'm not sure. No, uh, one of them was pictured online on the Future Shop, which is the Canadian version of Best Buy website, for $200. And there's also a box supposedly taken in the picture of a Kmart stockroom. So these may already be here. Yes. So why is it cheaper? What, what is different? The internals are cheaper. Oh, look, you can actually buy it at Best Buy. The specifications, let me tell you this. Oh, these specifications of the Best Buy website are crap. Um, the difference is the fact that instead of a 250 gigabyte hard drive on the inside, you have a 12 gigabyte mm-hmm. flash base unit. Ooh. 12 gigs is not a lot. Not on a PlayStation. No, it's not. Especially with how much of the stuff that is installed to the PlayStation hard drive before you're allowed to play a game. Right. So yeah, you could get a brand new PS3 for $200 or spend $70 more. And get a ton more stuff. Yeah. I think at that point, um, it's just like, spend the $70. Yeah, you can get, you'll, you'll get a game first off with that. Just get the, the full version. Or $400 and get the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah, you could get the PS3 500 gigabyte version for $282 with Assassin's Creed 3. So you too can enjoy a buggy version of Colonial America. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that was... Uh, Did you actually play it yet? yet? No, I haven't played it. I haven't beaten Brotherhood yet, let alone Revelations, let alone... You are so far behind. I know. I know. I did beat Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> so instead of playing the games that you already have, you got something else new and then played that instead. Well, I, I've actually had New Vegas for a while. Okay. I bought it, I think, last Christmas sale. It's also really, really, really good. I didn't find out until I checked IMDb, the voice on the radio, Mr. New Vegas. is Wayne Newton. <laughs> well, he's the voice of Vegas, so... Yeah, well, he's the voice of New Vegas as well. All right, well, okay, so, okay, forget buying this $200 one. You can get the PlayStation 3 with Grand Theft Auto 5 brand spanking new game for 270 for 270 which is $200 plus a $60 game. Yeah, and you get the um, 500 gigabyte version of the PS3. Yeah. So, yeah, this $200 boat is coming out, but uh, I wouldn't get it. I might do this. The, the, the Grand GTA Theft Auto 5, 5. Yeah. Yeah. Because... As I was trying to say, as I was starting to say, you know, I, I kept saying like, "Well, new consoles are coming out soon, and we'll see what they've got." And at this point, the the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four don't look that exciting to me. And for the first two years, all the games that come out on those will probably also come out on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, PlayStation Three. But then you got to worry about hardware differences. How are they going to look on the older hardware versus how are they going to look on the newer hardware? How do they look now, Andy? They look pretty dang good right now. Then really, what's the concern? (laughs) It's the the difference between looking good and looking amazing. I can take... I have my computer for looking amazing games. Heck, your laptop probably has a bunch of things that look amazing on it. My laptop is now better than my desktop again. (laughs) 
it's this back and forth. Well, right, I, I buy a new desktop, I buy a new laptop, I buy a new desktop, I buy a new laptop, and, and they keep bouncing back and forth. The laptop actually now has a better graphics card than the desktop. Did you buy the one and with a the two processor. graphic cards or just the one with the optical drive? No, but I have the Ultra Bay, so if and when Lenovo ever releases the Ultra Bay version of the graphics card, I can swap out the optical drive and put in the graphics card. Supposedly it's, yeah, it's not out yet because the 500's out, but not the 510, not 410. Yeah. Which is really annoying that they come out with this new, like, oh yeah, it's a universal drive sort of thing. Oh wait, we can't use it we, between we different generations. It. Yeah. But paying 270 for GTA 5, which Grand Theft Auto is, is a fantastic series, adult series, but it's a good series, and getting the PS3, which means getting a Blu-ray player, I could play Calling All Cars again. <laughs> hey, that was a fun game. They you know, turned the multiplayer servers off, but I could play it locally. <laughs> it's a fun game if your life doesn't depend on it. Yeah. <laughs> I played the shit out of that game, man. I, that was a great game. I don't know. This might be worth it. Maybe this will be my treat to myself instead of going to PAX. It's a lot cheaper. It's a hell of This is half the cost of the plane ticket to go to PAX. So speaking of laptops. Anyway. Okay, we can either continue with the Xbox because there's what another topic there, or we can you talk about. You said there was about... another. Uh, there's there's two Microsoft, two Xbox ones. Okay, Microsoft one. To the Xboxes. Um, the do you remember games for Windows Live Marketplace? I remember that it sucked. Oh, okay. Well, it sucked so bad that they moved it to Xbox.com and called it the Xbox.com PC Marketplace. And now they're even closing that. So the Xbox.com PC Marketplace is closing on August twenty second. And it ended with a whimper? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, is this. If you're buying a PC game through the Xbox Live Marketplace, the Xbox.com Marketplace, you have made a mistake. <laughs> it's like buying a game through Origin. You just don't do it. Ouch. Thanks, Andy. Would you. What did you buy out through Origin? SimCity. Only because you had to, right? Yes. <laughs> I would, and I mean, granted, it was a mistake. I should have bought it on Steam if Steam would have gotten it. But no, EA had to be silly and stupid. God damn EA! What? Hey, that's why Plants vs. Zombies Two. The fixes is Plants vs. Zombies Two out on Steam yet? It's out on iOS. That's it. That's that's all it's out on right now. Is that all it's coming out on? Hopefully not, because I think there'd be a lot of people seriously pissed. I'd, I'd be pretty upset. Somebody's like, yes, Plants vs. Zombie 2 is coming out on iOS devices. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> no wonder they didn't really announce that part of it right away. Yeah. But yes, the Xbox.com PC Marketplace, otherwise known as Game for Windows Live, is being shut down on the 22nd. So if And no one cares. Yeah, that's it. They said if you can't, like, if you want to buy something, talk to the publishers because you're not going to be able to buy it here. That is about that. And so all the publishers go to Steam. Steam, Origin, or a big box store. That's about it. Go to Steam. Yeah. Or Desura. They could go to Desura. Or I don't know what to think about gaming. Desura. I, I really don't know what to think about Desura. Is it a joke or is it serious? I don't know. It's another place to go. I mean, it's good to have competition, but I don't think they're actually competing with Steam. I think they're on two completely separate levels. Is there anybody really competing for Steam? There's 
a bunch of people who are trying. Desura is one of them. You have Desura, you have Origin, you have a bunch of things that are trying to compete with Steam, but I don't think... I don't think anyone's able to compete with Steam. No, no, I don't. Goddamn Valve. Why making us? They, they're making us sound like fanboys. We're not, I swear. It's just they tend to do things better. Yeah. So, continue with the Xbox. The Xbox One pulled another 180 sort of thing. Uh, let's see. So they started with checking in once every 24 hours. Yes. It's not even checking in once every 24 hours. It's checking in within 24 hours, the previous 24 hours of trying to play a game. Let's be accurate there, right? Well, not anymore, but... Right, right. But that's what it used to be. It, it wasn't that it had to phone home once every 24 hours. It's that it had to have phoned home within 24 hours of the, of when you want to play your game. Yes. Right? If I left it off for five days, it wouldn't have locked me out of everything. It would have just said, oh, no, I have to check in. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, so that was changed. The Let's see. What other big changes were there? The oh, used game? Much, oh, used games. That now supports used games. Yes. Okay. Then uh, there was family the... Family uh, plan is gone. Yes. Ish. They, they might bring it back. There was the... Uh, um, the Connect had to be connected at all times. That is the new one. Oh, now it doesn't. Nope. According to the Xbox Corporate VP, the console will still function if the Connect isn't plugged in, although you won't be able to use any feature or experience that explicitly uses the sensor. Well, no, duh. But That's now like it's saying I will sell you a phone without a microphone and you cannot use anything that requires a microphone. Well, of course, it's not there. So, yeah, that means no powering the system with voice control or using gestures to navigate the menus or anything. I mean, that's probably a better thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the voice control has always been a bit worrisome to me. Well, now you don't have to plug it in. You can also shut it off um, through the system settings, so that way you can still use the IR functionality of it. Okay. But, yeah, that's, that's another uh, step back. We'll backtrack saying before yeah the connect is part of the xbox one There's so no if answer what's, buts what's about the it. difference now between the xbox one and the xbox 360 uh new hardware okay poor microsoft they're taking a beating on this one. Oh, the good news is though you've you get a headset included with the basic hardware now Woo! one of those crappy flimsy microsoft headsets yeah those wonderful headsets Awesome. wonder if that's, it's got a proprietary connector so you couldn't plug normal things into it. That's exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Hey, the little foam piece on the end of the microphone boom actually worked well with my other headset. Yep, that's what I was using for a long time. <laughs> but beyond that, yeah, it was pointless. Yeah. Okay. Microsoft is getting their ass beaten. Apple is getting their ass beaten. Who the hell is supposed to be stepping in? Um, I was going to say Google Fiber, but they're actually getting people pissed off at them now. What did Google Fiber do? Okay, so Google Fiber is coming into places like Kansas and all that, Texas and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, do you remember ever oh, hearing about... I, no, I, I remember what happened. Now I read this earlier this week. The fact that the Google ISP is banning servers because yeah. they want to start up a business class part of their network? Yeah. Wasn't Google one of the ones saying like, there should be no difference. A connection is a connection. Yes. Yes, they were. <clears throat> Excuse and me. now they're saying, no, there actually is a difference between personal use and use for a server. Mm-hmm. What happened to a connection is a connection is a connection? I don't know. Maybe somebody in Kansas realized, wait a second, Google doesn't say anything about servers, so let me just run this off of this giant server or something. God damn Google. For a company whose motto was do no evil or whatever it was that was similar to that, they do some stupid shit sometimes. Yeah. So what's the fallout? 
Uh, well, the EFF is going after him for this because this is they they said, "Hey, we're going to be different," and then they did something exactly the same as everybody else. Right, but I mean, there's no legal ramifications for this. No, it's they're part not of the terms of service of Google Fiber. So, right. it's companies, mainly just the, the fact that they're yelling at them, going, "Companies really? just like people are absolutely allowed to change their position." It's just annoying when they do. Yeah. And they take something that's part of their previous nature of their company. And flip it around. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Google and their part of their company. Uh-oh. There's an article here. <laughs> and positions that, that they've previously taken. Yeah. Remember the 20% time? Yeah, the 80-20? Yeah. One-fifth of your time at Google should be spent working on independent projects. Yes, that yeah. 20% time. Um, before, it was basically just you could use that 20% time, and that's, that's part of your given of working at Google. You got the 20% time. Yeah. Well, they began, Google started to require engineers getting approval from management to take 20% time. So before, okay, it's like, hey, you can use your 20% time, no problem. Right. And it started saying, well, could you guys, like, get, tell us when you want to okay do this? For this and... So we can, we can approve it? Yeah. Well, now, the, um, supposedly, the higher-ups in Google have basically discouraged managers from approving any 20% projects at all. Whoa. Some cool shit has come out of those 20%. Like, you know, AdSense, which caused, what, uh, most of Google's revenue? Gmail? Maps? <laughs> Google Talk, which is now Google+. Plus. Was Plus a, a 20%? Oh, it probably was. Mm, I don't know about or that. Or would, would it have been something from probably the X-Labs, maybe? Which is technically basically what they're doing now for their 20%. Yeah. So to replace this, what do they do? I mean, is it just, hey, you know what? If you have an idea, start working on it, and it's not really considered 20% anymore? Well, what's going on, basically, since nobody can really officially talk about this, is the fact that the uh, 20% time is kind of dead because the managers are getting graded on their employees' productivity. Okay. So everybody kind of needs 100% of their time to do their weekly work now. Oh, that's too bad. So they're not getting the free time available. To do 20%. Yeah. Oh, it's too bad. So there is still a 20% time there, but it's instead of... 80 20 it's now kind of 120 <laughs> it's like 100 percent. so granted 100 percent is 40 hours a week right yeah i don't know any software company that it's actually 40 hours a week so yeah you can still google still allows you to you know work you basically use the company computers to work on your own individual projects. projects that the company then owns but this is this is the downside of working on personal projects when you work for a software company is you don't own it hey it's kind of like working for edison yep i wonder how many of his patents he actually figured out and not people who worked for him yep there's got to be somebody who wrote a book on that if there isn't then i've got a project for you <laughs> go self-publish Speaking of publishing, Andy. Yes. How's that play-by-email campaign? Well, I finished up my paper, so I should start that up again. Yeah. Yeah, because you're probably chomping at the bit to actually get into this. I've got an Inquisitor sitting here. In fact, uh, it's kind of funny. I may have uh, two Dwarven Inquisitors in two separate campaigns. I hope you keep them straight. I hope so, too. They're very different people. I like how the play-by-email is going, though. Rather than have everybody send everybody else what they're doing, you they all send it to me. Tell the DM. I mean, at some point when the party becomes a party, they will have to start communicating with each other. You could do that. 
But right now it's hilarious because you get people who are trying to like, you know, sneak through doors and other people who are like, oh, I just run straight through the door. Right. So, I mean, I'm not there yet, so I can't do anything. But certainly if, if I'm going to be involving other people in a discussion, I will be emailing the DM and CCing or including on the two line the other person. Oh, I honestly feel like there should be like a Benny Hill soundtrack playing behind the background. You might want to remind them that they actually are all in the room together and, and can communicate with each other. True. Of course, I did just remind half of them. Well, we'll see. So we should probably... Well, uh, I, I meant by it, saying it, that. It, it, do you want to actually hit any of the right other topics, or should we just oh, go to sure. the random well, review? How, how are we doing on time? Well, we are currently at one hour and seven minutes. Uh, six minutes. Let's see. What do we have left? Mars One, LG, laptops and classrooms. Eh, we're good. Okay. People can check those out. I don't have much to say about them. I'm still stuck on our football idea. Well, it's your turn for a random review, so you got to get off that football and onto something else. Oh, dear. Uh, well, actually, I know exactly what I'm reviewing this week. I've been waiting for it for weeks ever since I saw it on Games Press and then on Kotaku and then everywhere. Uh, they remade DuckTales. So you're going to review a game that came out when? 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm not. I'm re- I'm reviewing the remake, which came so out in 2013. So this is not like Super Mario Brothers coming out on the Wii. No, this is they took the original game and they broke it down and said, here's what the game is. And here's how we can do it on today's platforms with animation and cell shading and all the cool stuff. And, oh, we can also add in the actual story to the game. And, oh, we can add in voice acting. So let me here. Uh, let, let me start off by just saying that I played this game when I was like five. Okay. Right. And then I haven't, I haven't played it in 20 some years, but I went back and I turned it on and it did the Capcom logo, which is always kind of nostalgic from, from Mega Man and a couple other games. And, and then the music hits and it was the same. I, I'm pretty sure it was actually the same chiptune music. For the title screen. And instantly, I was five again. I was bouncing up in my chair. I was excited. I was like... Like, we started singing along to the music. It was fantastic. And so you, you start the game, and you're immediately hit with a difference because modern gaming versus Nintendo hard is, hey, let's give them a tutorial. Let's give them kind of the walkthrough, right? In Nintendo games, they didn't have the space for that. They just dropped you in and said, hey, good luck. Uh, so you do go through a, a quick tutorial level, but it also sets up the story. Is it the same story? It is the same story. I didn't actually know that this game had a story <laughs> when I played it when I was five, because it was Nintendo. There was no dialogue. There was no script. It was just, go here and do this. Okay, you go to the end of the level. I don't know why I'm collecting these different pieces. I just am. Turns out there's a story. <laughs> Like, I don't know why you fight Dracula at the end of the game. There's just Dracula, and you fight him. Well, now I know why there's Dracula at the end of the game, and now I know why everything's tied into that and where it all comes from and where it's going. And, oh my god, the the controls are just as tight as I remember. The game is still hard, right? They, they actually copied the level design. They didn't remake the levels. Everything is exactly where it was. It's the same monsters, just with new animations. It's the same attacks. You, you still have the pogo stick cane. You still jump around. There's the same hidden areas. It's the same game, and it is glorious. 
So how does it feel playing this game versus a modern platformer? I mean, I'm not sure what the difference is between this and a modern platformer. Platformers have not really come all that far. I mean, yeah, you've got things like Braid where you have time control, but the the basis of a platformer is jump. Yeah, this is... Yeah, you're right. There really hasn't been outside of... I'm trying to think of like any other modern platformers there are. It seems the platformers has basically just gone back to the retro feel. Yeah. And and it's fine because it really was tight and it was really good and the the controls were fantastic and all the sound effects are still there. The boing. I was five the entire time I played that game. It was just it, it threw me back twenty years. All right. So what do you think about the price? Fifteen bucks. Yes. Pay it for a trip down memory lane. Fifteen dollars is worth the price. Do you want to do the cost per hour? I mean. Relative to other video games, it's it's short. It won't take very long. There's not much in the way of replayability because you're just going to go through the same levels again and again and again. Uh, but, you know, I got more time out of this game than I did if I went to the movies. I could actually tell you how long it took me to play because I played it on Steam. Oh. On the big picture mode, hooked up to my TV. So you played with a controller? I played it with a 360 controller, which that was one thing that was a little annoying, was using the analog stick on a game designed for digital, for up, down, left, right. Because there's one point in the game where you have to go from right to up, to right to up, to right to up, to right to up, to left to up, fairly quickly. And that's really hard to do with the analog stick, to get it where it could recognize that. Okay. So if if I had one complaint, that's what it would be. I have six hours clocked on this game. I think I left it paused for two. So call it four hours for 15 bucks. Yeah, that that was worth it. So for me, who has never actually played this game. You'll like it. All right. Oh, God. (laughs) Beat the game on hard. Beat the game on extreme. I'm guessing that's like Nintendo hard times two. Yeah, probably. Oh, I missed a heart container. Womp womp. All right, so DuckTales, the remastered version. DuckTales remastered. Worth it. All right. Definitely worth it. So, should we move on to the random topic? Sure. Random topic. I rolled ahead of time. Dave, what is your favorite Canadian children's television show? Reboot. Damn it, that was mine. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know the best part? I didn't even need to look that one up. Oh. Yeah, it's it's Reboot. That's... Hands down. Reboot. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much actual discussion to be had on that top. What other kids Canadian TV shows are there? I'm trying to think of like most of the TV show, shows that I watched as a kid. Let's see. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine was originally BBC. Um, Sesame Street was PBS. Mr. Rogers was PBS. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was, I don't know what the hell that was. That was, well, that was a combo of U.S. and Japanese. Have I told you about the Chroma Squad Kickstarter? No, what's that? Uh, so it, it's, did you ever play Knights of Pen and Paper? No. Jamie's okay. probably going to be like, you're in. What? My brother brought that up when I were, where I was over uh, for my birthday celebration this weekend knights of pen and paper yeah it's a good game i know i still Uh, haven't done it yet okay chroma squad is the same company and it's the same concept of like a cross between the real world within the game and the game's game and so in chroma squad you own a tv studio producing a power rangers like show huh and so you set up the episodes and play through them and you are the power ranger ish I think it's called Sentai, Seikai, Sentai. 
Hang on. Chroma Squad. Sentai. Yep. S-E-N-T-A-I. A tactical turn-based manager game. Okay. It's on Steam Greenlight. I'm good at the moment. Okay. Anyway, you brought up Power Rangers, so that came okay. to me. I'm trying to think of what other children's broadcast... Tel- Wait, Mr. Dressup was Canadian? I don't know that one. Hold on. Mr. Dressup? Let me just double check this one. Canadian Broadcasting. Well, then, Mr. Dressup was actually something I watched. Royal Canadian Air Force, but that wasn't really... No. Hockey kids. Night in Canada doesn't count either. Okay. Let's see if there's a Wikipedia article. Well, there's Wikipedia about children's television. There's a Wikipedia article about Canadian television. But no Wikipedia article for Canadian children's TV? No. Oh, Ingress. Not Ingress. Wow. I'm sorry. Uh, Wikipedia fail. There we go. <laughs> what? I don't... My brain's kind of disconnected and reconnected, and it, it did that in the wrong way. Yeah, there's literally a article for local children's television series in the United States, but not for Canada. Oh, too bad. Let's see. The Adventures of Paddington Bear, The Adventures of Tintin. I think we, we've got the answer, though, Andy. Alphabet Soup. I don't Animal know why you crackers. are continuing to look. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that I can not think. What about Are You Afraid of the Dark? That was Canadian. That was Canadian. That was Nickelodeon. Hold on. Pulling up the Wikipedia article. Joint I mean, Canadian-American. It, it was decent because it was just Goosebumps stories retold, which were just like, uh, uh, uh crap, what's his name? Stephen King stories retold for kids. Babar. Babar was good. Beetlejuice. The cartoon. Animated series, Beetlejuice. That was, okay, that might be in, in close running. The Big Comfy Couch. Never actually saw that one. A lot of Nickelodeon stuff was... Ketchup. There's a show called Cucumber. <laughs> Wait, Fraggle Rock? There's no way that was Canadian. Oh, it was Jim Henson Studios. Co-produced by the British television company Television South, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, HBO, and Henson Associates. That's surprising. HBO produced Fraggle Rock. Would not have guessed. No, that's would not have guessed that one at all. I'm still going with reboot. Yeah, I'm in J now. And there's okay, Andy, cutting you off. Come on, I'm at L. Cut you off. Way there. Nope, we're done. But there's got to be something else in there. It was no, yeah, I, I done. I can't think of anything else other than Mr. Dressup was. Oh, Mr. Wizard was Canadian. Done. Come on, Mr. Wizard. I actually never watched Mr. Wizard. Well, wait, wait, no, never mind. That was American. Why was it in the Canadian one? No, he was. Mr. Wizard was a dick. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> What? Have you not seen that? No. Is it a YouTube video or something? Yeah, go go onto YouTube and, and search for Mr. Wizard is a jerk to kids. How long is the video going to last? Mr. Wizard is a jerk. Okay. And it's just like a, a video. It's I think only like two minutes long of him berating kids and you're like, nope, you did that wrong. Nope, you did that wrong. Way to go. Nope. 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 Try it like this. Oh my god, the polka dot door was Canadian. How many of the shows did I watch as a kid real, not realizing that they were Canadian shows? Evidently a lot of them, but it's time to go, Andy. <laughs> Hold on, I have finally hit reboot in the list. Okay. Yeah, okay, so yeah, reboot. That's, like we said, right off the bat, what's your favorite Canadian TV show for kids? Reboot. reboot. Yeah. All right, well, that's that. Anything else? Nope, that, that's it. All right, well, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email 
at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.